welcome. My name is Gina Timberman, and you are listening to Timber People, a podcast about people who, like timber, are strong, build and create, who gather us together like fuel that feeds fire. People who support structures of our community that uplift and protect. Hello, welcome. It's a real honor and a pleasure to welcome my friend, Professor James Davenport, to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. We have a lot to talk about. And before um, we go into some of the new developments that are really exciting to me and important for our community, for our state, for us as Americans, mm-hmm. I believe, is I want to say thank you for the support that you've had over the years for me and for the project, what is now the First Americans Museum. And um, want to talk a little bit about that history because it is important that we've had, and, and I think it also ties into a little bit about what we're talking about today. Yes, absolutely. And it it's hard to believe it was uh, as long ago as it was that uh, <laughs> right. that, that first started, right? right. And uh, right. Uh, and I remember, you know, at the time I was working for a, a member of Congress here and uh, uh, you and some people came up and kind of made the presentation, here's what we're trying to do. And it took a. It seems like it took a long time to get that to go from from kind of the vision that that people had put together. Here's what we'd like to the mm-hmm. actual reality of now it being there and being such a wonderful facility. Um, I was able to take uh, uh, my daughters up there a couple Yay. of weeks back, and they just loved it. Oh, thank Absolutely you. loved it. So thank you. Uh, the quality of that. Um, uh, that building, the quality of the the artifacts that are there and the presentation is just amazing. Thank you so much. It takes many people and diverse uh, voices mm-hmm. and experiences to bring a vision like that together. And what you're working on now is just an incredible vision. Um, I want to say for the listeners that um, you have a really exciting partnership with the Metropolitan Library System and with Rose State College Center for Civic Engagement, you know, that's something that is, you know, that's a project that's really important right now. But knowing you over the years, you have always had a passion for the political sciences, for the engagement of of bringing people in the community and around our state and others together for meaningful dialogue and discussion and for even times where there's disagreement, that it would be um, productive and that it would lead to a better sense of awareness and understanding of what the issues really are. I think that's something we struggle with today is so much of our conversations about legitimately important issues, right? Issues that people care about and are concerned about. But the conversations that we have about them don't further our understanding uh, either of that issue or of one another. Uh, so many times uh, the the language you, we use is uh, divisive and polarizing and we're just attacking each other rather than trying to figure out, okay, where are you coming from on this? Here's where I'm coming from on this. Where can we meet? You know, and if, if we can't meet, what what's the block there? What at least we understand why we can't find uh, that that middle ground that we're looking for. But right now, you know, social media has just exacerbated this mm-hmm. to so much. We It's very easy to be on social media and say things that you probably wouldn't say to someone if they were sitting across the table from you right there in front of you. And we've just become more hostile 
And, and that communication has really led to a, a breakdown of our ability to work together on a variety of things that are important to our, like you said, to our communities or our state mm-hmm. or even the nation. Well, you've been committed to the academia and also to the practice and to your profession um, and also for creating that common ground historically. I know you've had a radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you know, worked with you know, our politics here for many, many years. And now with your role um, with Rose State College, I'm just um, really appreciative that there are people like you that are bringing us together to establish some sense of common ground. Well, thank you. And I have to I have to say I have been given so much support at Rose State for many of the initiatives that we've been able to do there uh, that the from the the president of the college, Dr. Jeannie Webb, uh, all the way down to to my boss, my dean uh, in my division, uh, Tony Castillo. uh, All of these folks have been very encouraging and very supportive and said, how can we help? So I think, uh, and the response that I've gotten when I've visited with people about, here's what I think we need to be doing. Here's where I think we need to be going has just been, yes, there's kind of this, yes, we want this. We don't know how to create it. We don't know how to get to where we want to go, but we definitely want that. And so uh, I have been fortunate in the environment that I am in that uh, uh, I've been given a lot of encouragement and and support, as I said, and that uh, they haven't ever have said, oh, no, we don't want you to do that, right? But they've always said, how can we help? And so that has been a wonderful experience. And it's allowed us to have a whole variety of conversations on our campus. Uh, and the idea for the the center is to broaden that conversation beyond just our campus, but mm-hmm. to our community and to our state, uh, to, to have people who uh, have knowledge about certain mm-hmm. topics, converse with one another, but have it open to the public mm-hmm. so the public can attend uh, and we can get a better feel for what's causing the conflict. Where does this Absolutely. conflict arise? And what are the ways we can resolve some of that conflict? Absolutely. You know, that's where I really believe that museums, cultural centers, our libraries, mm-hmm. um, and our universities and colleges, they're so important because they are those safe middle ground sure. spaces where all people within our county, within our state, can actually gather and feel like they're in a safe space to voice or to share that they may not know much about a topic, but are there willing to learn. That's right. That's right. And I do need to give a shout out to the Metro Library System as well. They've been hosting this uh, lecture series that I've been doing uh, out at the Midwest City Library, and uh, they have been fantastic. And again, they've been a great partner. The staff has been fantastic. Uh, They've set it up to where we can live stream them while we're doing it, and they have them recorded. Uh, We've had good turnout, and and the people that have come have been very engaged, asking, you know, really good questions and clearly wanting to understand and have these kind of conversations. So uh, the, the Metro Library System has been a fantastic partner in that. Well, the Center for Civic Engagement, I mean, it's it's about time that we have a program mm-hmm. like that center. I think so. And I want to throw a little bit of uh, statistics and research at you here right. to kind of set the ground for why, why I believe, and I think a lot of people such as yourself believe, this is the right time for this, right? right? So uh, last year, the Pew Research Center did a survey asking uh, Americans uh, how they felt about people in the opposite political party, right? And and so they asked Republicans, what do they think about Democrats? And Democrats, what they think about Republicans? And what they found is they don't like each other very much. I mean, and it's it's bad. So 
Over 60% of Republicans and Democrats believed that those in the other party were more dishonest, were more immoral, and were more closed-minded than the average American. And when you view people who are uh, your political opponents in that way, um, the stakes become much higher for political wins and losses, right? And it makes it much harder to uh, to work together. And there's not the social trust that we need to work together. And so so you have that that going on, that what we political scientists call effective polarization. Uh, and then uh, more in common did a survey with YouGov and they were looking at how much do Republicans and Democrats actually understand each other. And they found that uh, there's a great misunderstanding that the majorities of Republicans and Democrats, again, believed that those in the other party held much more extreme views than they actually do. So we don't like each other. We don't right. understand each other. And now we're starting to see us separate from one another. And so right. uh, some research was done recently on looking at how uh, we se separate ourselves out geographically uh, as far as Republicans and Democrats. And these researchers found that even when Republicans and Democrats live in the same neighborhood, they don't communicate. Mm -hmm. They don't have any kind of common uh, interactions with one another. They are they may live down the street, but they don't talk to each other right. and they don't interact with one another. Right. And so we distrust and dislike one another. We don't understand each other. Now we separate ourselves from one another, and that breaks down the needed ingredients to make a, a democratic government work, right? Mm -hmm. It breaks down that, like I said, that social trust and social cooperation that we have to have for us to trust the democratic process. And so the, the Center for Civic Engagement is going to try to step in and kind of bridge that a little bit to try to to get us back into where just because you're not of the same party of me doesn't mean that I can't, uh, you know, go to the same uh, rotary club as you or right. be a member of the same uh, church or be a member on the same uh, homeowners association right. board, right? right. I, we can still cooperate. Those political differences don't keep us from still being able to interact and trust one another that we all want to improve our communities. We all want to improve our states. And so right. the work of the Center for Civic Engagement is really going to be devoted to trying to build that, that trust, that social trust back into our conversations. We need that. And our cross-cultural, cross-social needs um, and necessities really for Oklahoma, they're not really in these silos in right. these, you know, and so, so often um, they're interwoven with the identity of that community, of the family, of just the town. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we are talking that those um, gaps are bridged right. and that polarization is real. I remember, you know, over 20 years ago, um, almost 25 years ago, working, as, as you recall, working with the Oklahoma State Legislature, and you would see a lot of um, reaching across the aisle mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. shake hands and to find some common ground and to really come to some some sense of, of, of uh, understanding of how we can move forward when we are right. confronted with 
um, you know, decisions and confrontation. And um, I really appreciate it when we see that today. But it seems like it can be less and less uh, these days. It, it does. And that is true at the national level, right. whether you're looking at Congress, it's do, true at the state level. And unfortunately, it's increasingly true at the local level as right. well, where we're seeing those that polarization become a barrier to elected officials being able to find that middle ground to work together. And uh, and and like I said, that just raises the stakes. We start looking at democracy not as a way of making shared decisions that we can support, uh, but a way to dominate one another, right? A way to control each other. Uh, and uh, and then we don't, that's all it is, is a tool for domination. And that's, that's not healthy. And it, it's not a way of sustaining that democratic uh, government for very long, right? And, and if you're a person who's concerned about civil liberties or a person who's concerned about civil rights, this this environment right now is uh, not healthy to maintaining the protections for those. Right. That's not a Democratic or Republican thing. That's an American thing. Right. We should all be concerned about our civil rights and our civil liberties. Yes. And, uh, and you know, in coming up in Oklahoma, and I've lived in Oklahoma almost all my life. I'm a, I'm a fifth generation uh, Oklahoman. Uh, and uh, you, you often don't appreciate the rich diversity our state offers, right? Uh, and that's true in people, that's true in geography, that's true in uh, thinking, how we think and approach things. Uh, we have such a rich amount of diversity of, of, of things going on in our state that we should be able to take advantage of, right. that we should be able to look at. And I think sometimes one of the downsides of this kind of uh, erosion of social cooperation is we see that difference and it's it's a roadblock. I don't want to work with you because right. you're different, right? When we should be saying, how can we work together? Right. And I just, I think uh, that there's a real need for us to, to take a step back, not view each other as enemies. Uh, we may not agree on everything. That's okay. You don't have to agree on everything. Uh, but if we keep looking at each other as enemies and as people who uh, are out to hurt one another, uh, there's there's no compromise in that environment, right? right. It's just win or or lose, and and it's a zero sum game that nobody wins at. Absolutely, and the rhetoric you just said it is the win or lose. I mean, there's become this emergence of the say or do anything to win right. that has superseded. Um, a value system that um, goes to the integrity of our democracy. Right. And, you know, last uh, the last lecture I gave at the, the library, uh, we talked about civic participation and the importance of being engaged in your community. But one of the things I said is we have to be careful to not limit our understanding of civic engagement to just being political engagement. Right. There's a lot that we can do volunteering for different organizations uh, joining clubs like Rotary and Kiwanis and, and all the other kind of civic clubs that are out there, uh, volunteering for uh, a museum, right. these Thank types you. of things. Yes, yes. Um, All of these uh, activities help foster that social cooperation and they put aside those political differences and they say, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, we both want this to be successful and we're going to do that. And I think we're at a point right now where our political differences are really, really infecting how we view each other in a lot of other areas. And it's it's just not helpful. It's not. 
you know, you mentioned the civic engagement, um, relationship building, so mm-hmm. important. Yes. Um, also, really respect. I mean, getting back to those core values again of respect mm-hmm. and understanding that while we live in a community, we have our responsibilities. That's right. And that we get something from being a part of that community, identity, um, other ways of of, of resource and what is our role to give back. Right. And I really appreciate your dialogue and your lectures and um, also just knowing you about civil engagement and what that means. And I'm going to, I'm going to give a shameless plug for my upcoming please, lecture please. next, uh, next Tuesday at the Midwest city library. We'll be talking about what are our responsibilities as citizens in a pluralistic society? What, what is it incumbent upon us to do uh, and how is it incumbent on us to act and behave in an environment where we are operating with an increasingly diverse population, increasingly diverse perspectives? How do we take advantage of those and not, not create more and greater division? And so uh, if you're at all interested in that, please come out. We'd love to have you. We even brought pizza the last time we were there, so I will, I will try to feed you a little bit. Uh, I am a poor college professor, so I can't buy the most expensive kind of pizza. But yes, not only are we focus a lot on rights, and I'm a big fan of, of the rights that our Constitution protects. I think they're important, uh, and we don't want to lose those. But at the same time, there are responsibilities. How do we interact with one another? How do we treat one another uh, even when we disagree. And I think that has been lost. Increasingly, we think mm-hmm. if we disagree, we should be hateful. We should be intolerant. We should uh, say the meanest thing we can. We should mm-hmm. try to disparage one another. Uh, and and like I said, and I don't want to beat up on social media. I'm on it. I use right. it. But the conversations on there sometimes can get so ugly right. and unhelpful. And I think um, they're not productive to solving problems, you know, and so we need a way to to come back together. And I'm hoping uh, that uh, that the center will be able to foster that kind of stuff, not just in um, at Rose State College, not just in the Oklahoma City area, but certainly across the state, that that we can have these kind of important mm-hmm. conversations and let people uh, talk about what they're concerned about, let people hear from people who might be different from them, mm-hmm. and and even if they don't agree, and I'm I'm. There are lots of people that I'm in conversation with and I'm like, I'm not sure I agree with that. But just letting them explain themselves allows me to understand them better. Absolutely. And and if I can understand what their concerns are, if I can understand what their experiences have been, uh, I might have an easier time of finding some common ground with them. Right. And, you know, I have um, conducted consultation in diverse communities for years and there are experiences whereby you begin to realize that for some communities, native or non-native, while I've primarily worked with native communities, but there are some communities that have never been asked how they feel about something. or right. t- So there can be a, a level of venting and it's a part of a healing process. Mm-hmm. And then um, the then taking a step back and then engaging in different levels of conversation have led to stronger relationships. Right. When people speak out of pain or Mm -hmm. hurt or something, sometimes that's going to come out very forceful. That's going to be very powerful, right? And a lot of times when they're they're speaking to us, we get defensive, right? Mm -hmm. We want to, but if you just listen, if you just allow that expression to occur, and you really try to listen to understand, 
you can, as I said, you can find some common ground. You can find, okay, now I understand what this person's experience or this community's experience has been. Now I know why this issue is so important to them and why they feel the way they do. Uh, and we can we can start working towards an agreement somewhere on how to approach different things, how to work together. Uh, but it is, it's challenging. We're all human beings. Uh, we don't feel like, we don't like it when we feel like we're attacked. Right. Uh, and I think sometimes we assume that we're the being attacked when really what's happening is these people are finally getting the opportunity Absolutely. to express themselves in public in a way to to really share the burdens that they they have been bearing. Mm-hmm. And if I just allow them to do that, uh, it goes a long way for that healing that you're talking about, for a long way for restoration or for cooperation. I really appreciate your comments about Oklahoma being diverse. And I say often that we're a collision of cultures. We can be a collaboration of cultures. And I say it a lot because I really do believe in it. And I do believe that we really have to find those positive avenues of conflict resolution and common ground. Mm -hmm. if We're really going to uplift Oklahoma to where it should be. And and we should be honest about uh, where conflicts are. We should be honest about why those conflicts are there. Uh, and we should be say, okay, how do we move forward in a positive way? How do we, you know, if if something is being done, you know, at the state legislature or through uh, another form of government, and it's causing harm somewhere, right. let's let's not get defend again. Let's not be defensive. Let's look at that and say, okay, what's how can we solve this problem? Uh, and, and what is it now? I you know, a lot of times uh, you're in a there's there's you can only make a bad decision or a worse decision, right? right. Sometimes you're in those situations, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's it. They're not very many, quite right. frankly. That's that's not the majority of decisions that we're making. Uh, but at least if you get to that point and everybody understands, well, this is the trade-off. This is what we have to give up if we want to do this, right. and that means over here, this is not going to be what we would really like. But going the other way might not be as beneficial either. Compromise. It's compromise, and and people don't like to hear that word compromise. I think a lot of times we view it as, well, that just means I'm going to give up what I want, and the other person's going to get everything they want. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible way of looking at compromise, right? right? right. Uh, and uh, but I think it is important that we say what I don't live on this planet in a little bubble where I can have everything exactly the way I want it, mm-hmm. uh, and I have to realize that if I'm going to live with other people who have other experiences than I do and who have other priorities and, and concerns, then we're going to have to find a way to live together uh, and try our best to to have some amount of harmony and, and social cohesion, social cooperation and trust amongst one another uh, for us all to be able to move forward and not to be constantly fighting with one another, not to be constantly at war with one another, if you will. Uh, and I think uh, too much in in our too many of the institutions in our society right now are pushing us into conflict. I think our political parties are, various interest groups are, mm-hmm. uh, elements of the the mass media are. They all benefit from conflict, but who doesn't benefit from conflict? We don't. The people don't benefit from that. Uh, and at some point, we have to we have to just be willing to back away a little bit and say, you know what, I'm not going to respond in in a defensive manner to, to this, or I'm not going to attack someone because they said something I didn't like. I'm going to listen mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to respond in a way that's productive. I really appreciate when you talk about the individual, like we don't, you know, the the collective we, but also the individual civil rights. Um, you know, I think about you know, what has occurred on this continent with tribal nations mm-hmm. um, at the hands of, of government to government experiences, negotiations, and how that has impacted our tribal nations. Something that I hope someone will learn at the First Americans Museum or through other avenues of education is that if this can happen to a tribal sovereign nation, what do you think can happen to you and your family? I mean, it's real. (laughs) We do not have to look far or hard to find instances where uh, the civil rights, the civil liberties of people have been violated by government, right? right? Uh, And the unfortunate thing about that is Government is us. Government is, you know, we can't we can't say, oh, that government did it and not be looking at ourselves a little bit. Right now, you know, what happened hundreds of years ago, we have to acknowledge that and we have to deal with are there consequences of that that we're still dealing with today? And what can we do about that? Mm -hmm. We have to be honest in that conversation. Right. Uh, but I don't think anybody, you know, there's a lot of people say, oh, you just want to blame us for, I don't think anybody's doing that. Right. I don't think anybody's saying you're responsible for something that happened back here. I think what they want to say is those actions that happened, what seems like a long time ago, have ramifications mm-hmm. that still impact people today. Absolutely. And how can we deal with that, right? How can we resolve those kinds of problems? And I think uh, you know, the tribal nations uh, in Oklahoma have been, uh, so many of them have emerged as as ex- such important pieces to our, our state, right? They've emerged as uh, people who help fund our roads, who help right. fund schools, who want to be partners. Uh, and it's interesting to me that people seem to have a lot easier time of cooperating than governments have, right. you know, uh, and, and and I don't know how you try to make governments more like people, but the reality is that when when people who are different, most of the time when we're sitting and talking, there's not that conflict that emerges right. when you introduce governments into the equation, right? right. Uh, and so uh, I think, and I think, you know, a lot of people are concerned about what has happened and they don't want it to happen again. Uh, and a lot of people um, are concerned that we're ignoring certain things that are going on today. And I think we have to have an honest conversation about right. those. And we have to have an honest discussion of how do we move forward? How do we ensure that the, the, the things, the atrocities in some situations that occurred in the past don't occur again? How do we not allow... Uh, systems that have developed over time continue to hold people back uh, based on nothing more than where they were born, mm-hmm. what they look like, mm-hmm. these types of things. We have to be have honest conversations. And, and quite frankly, I don't think the left or the right have a monopoly on answering those questions. Right. I think we have to be willing to concede different points at different times and, and see if we can find a way forward that we can all feel, if not embrace and say, oh, this is great, at least say, this is better than what we've had, right? right? This is moving the ball forward in in some sense. And we've got to take, I think, that approach. 
Right. We have to have an honest look at our challenges and really understand where the opportunities are in moving forward. And I'm really excited about what's on the horizon for the Center for Civil Engagement. And I know you also have a lecture coming up in September Uh as well, the first week of September. We have it's uh, the we have what we're calling our uh, constitution extravaganza. Right. Uh, Well, that's the second week, the next week. So. Uh, that will be September 5th is the last of uh, the lecture series that I'm doing with the library. Uh, and we're already talking about future ones. Right. So this is, we're hoping that this is going to become a very long-term kind of relationship and uh, that we can, the library wants to be a center for these kinds of conversations, right? Uh, that one is going to be unique. I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of talking on that. We're mm-hmm. going to get feedback from the community. What right. topics would you like to see discussed? What topics are you concerned about? Uh, what And what kind of discussion would you like to have? Would you like to have a public lecture? Would you like to have a panel discussion where you have a people with a variety of perspectives? Maybe they want more of a formal debate on topics. We're going to be exploring all of those things. But the idea is we're not going to take from the top down and say, this is what the topics you should be discussing. We're going to say, what topics do you want to discuss? What are important and what are the concerns on your mind? And how can we tailor a program that meets those issues, right? That addresses those issues. If It's just like political candidates in some sense, right? If you're a political candidate and you're talking about issues over here, but the people who are voting care about a whole set of other issues, not going to make a great connection, right? right? And that's the same thing with the center. If we are saying these are the issues that we think we should be talking about, but our community, our state is worried about other issues, we're not going to be doing the service that we want to be providing, right? Right. And so uh, I think that's going to be a great opportunity for people to come and to, to just share. Here's what's on my mind. Here's what I'm concerned about, whether that's education, whether that's taxes, whether that's tribal relations and what's going on with the state right now, uh, all sorts of of issues that they can bring to the table and say, hey, this is what we would like to have uh, meaningful conversation, conversations outside of the heated rhetoric of politicians and campaigns and things like that. We want to have real genuine conversations that lead to better understanding. Absolutely. Um, It's really important. And I'm looking forward to learning more. And I think it's really smart what you're doing to solicit feedback from the community. I think that's really great. And um, you have my support and you're the right person to be be working with the Rose State uh, College leadership and making this happen. And uh, again, I want to thank you. And I also want to thank you for your service. Oh, well, thank Uh, you. You, Thank you as a veteran. uh, From someone who has been very enmeshed in a whole bunch of things in our state and and beyond, uh, that means a lot. So thank you for uh, uh, the leadership that you provided in so many areas as well. And, uh, And I can't imagine the feeling you must have now when you drive down I-40 and you see that that facility and you know that's part of your legacy right that's you worked to make that happen and that's going to be there long after we're both gone right that's going to be there telling the history telling what has happened and telling about what the future opportunities are i think that's one of the great things about that museum it's not just looking in the past but it says we can look forward to, right? And I just think it's an amazing facility and I congratulate you and all the people. I know there was a whole team of people who yes, made that possible, you. but uh, 
uh, it's got to have be a special feeling when you see that that there. It is. It warms my heart. And I'm so grateful um, to people like you and to everyone, tribes and our communities and our leaders who have helped make that vision come to a reality. And um, I can't wait to have you back on the show to well, hear everything um, that the center is doing in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. Yakoki. Thank you for joining us. Timber People is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.